We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. <laughs> Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. So, Kenny, you, I wanted to talk to you today, or we wanted to talk about a little topic that was a not, little e topic, huh? not even on my radar. Like, you, we've said this so many times before, but you listen to a lot of different things that people have never even thought about, never even knew existed, uh, as far as I'm concerned. You, might, have a, yeah. you have a small group of people that you know that listen to these things too but there's not many um so you're talking about hedging against inflation and we kind of talked about it the last few weeks and thought it was worth sharing yeah so i'm not going to get into the technicalities because that's boring of uh inflation but inflation is obviously is the value of our dollar goes down and the cost of everything goes up right so basically inflation means things rise so what so why so let's just put it this way. Why a lot of people that manage money or economists get very nervous is when the government um, spends all this money, right? They took $3 trillion or now it might be six or seven and they put it in the economy. Well, what happens is, is you're kind of like just putting a bunch of money into the economy. You're keeping rates low and stuff. As you know, Crystal, right? Like low rates, people go buy more real estate and that can create a lot of momentum in the market, which things can just run up and get out of control, right? So... Um, so a lot of people think if the dollar collapses or gets weak, that means that, um, obviously if our dollar is cheaper, if we're bringing stuff into the country, it's cheaper, it's inflation. It's worth more. It's like, if you go to Mexico and you exchange a dollar, you get $22. Right. So if you come here to Mexico and you exchange your money, it's not really in your benefit. So when people Correct. are like, I don't really want to transfer money into the U S because I kind of get screwed. Right. So a hedge against inflation is during that time, people like insurance policies, we're going to call them, right? So we, um, what we do know is like over centuries and centuries and centuries, a lot of wealthy predominant families, they always carry three things with them. So if there's like a lost dynasty, they call it right, or whatever, a lost culture, they would hold on to certain things. One would be their things gold. Things that are valuable. Yeah, their gold. One... Um, one would be their uh, art, and another would be land. Because at the time, they didn't have apartment buildings and luxury houses. They might have, but they had land. They owned land. Even if they left the land, they came back. They still had the right to the land. So these days, as you're hearing, a lot of people now are talking about, you know, there's guys like Peter Schiff that are way like, gold, gold, gold. You got to buy gold. Everything helps. I mean, Monty even knows who he is. It's like, it's about gold, right? It's a hedge against inflation. It's a hedge against the dollar collapsing. That means everybody goes and buys gold because of insurance and gold will go up, right? So basically when you say insurance, though, you're saying that the value, if the value of the dollar goes down, your money's not going to do anything for you in it's a bank account. Less. But if you go and you buy assets like gold or art or uh, real land, estate. real estate, that at least when there's inflation, the value of your dollar actually does go up because you've invested it in assets. Yeah. So that's why you hear the term like of a Grant Cardone, if you listen to him, or even um, Ray Dalio says it. They, they say cash is trash. 
And so people think cash is in trash. That's not really what they're saying is because even grants, like you got to have reserves and things. What he's saying is, is that if you take $10 million and you put $10 million in a bank account in 2010, right? And today's 2020. It's, you didn't really make much interest because the Fed. Well, your ten million is actually worth less. Because the in Fed the bank. have left rates, pushed them down historically low rates, right? right? They've been a part of that, influencing that. But if you know, in 1980, if you did that, maybe to 1990, you would have made a lot of money because they're paying a lot of interest in banks, right? So the problem is, is if you take, if you took ten million dollars, you bought ten million dollars of art, you bought ten million dollars of gold ten years ago, you got ten million dollars of real estate. It would be worth more than $10 million. You'd be a very happy person. Yes. Yeah. So the new thing that's on the list, there's gold, there's real estate, there's art, and there's a new thing. And it's called Bitcoin. That is like the new big thing that everybody's talking about. There's guys that Robert Kiyosaki, that Robert Kiyosaki, if you listen to him, if not, you should. And people have been talking about it for a long time, but it sounds like there's some really big investors who now are starting to believe in Bitcoin yep. after what they've learned. And there's, we can, I can kind of talk about it. So, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's about gold, silver, real estate, things like that. I mean, he has the stuff all over the world he talks about because in case they come here, like in, I think it was in 1970, if you own gold, they said you had to come give it to the government or you'd get arrested if they found you with it. Did you know that? No, I had no idea, exactly. but that must have made it awfully valuable. Yeah. <laughs> so Robert Kiyosaki owned it. He had it at times. Like, screw you, you're not going to take it. So people yeah. had it. So, I mean, one day they can wake up and say, if you have a gun and you're not a police officer, you got to get us your guns. If we find you, we're going to arrest you. But something. the argument that I love uh, about Bitcoin versus gold is like, for a couple reasons is like that podcast with Robert Kiyosaki they were talking about is, you know, for one, somebody can come and steal your gold, right? Like, so you could hide it like people do or you bury it in your backyard. You can do all this kind of stuff. steal your Bitcoin. Okay. But just let's go with this really quick. Sure. So they could literally though, like, let's say, what are you going to do? Bury it in your backyard. Okay. Well, maybe somebody digs it up and then it's gone or, you know, you forget about it or you lose it. You forgot, you forget where you buried it or where you hid it. Um, or if you're leaving it to your kids, they forget what safety deposit box you were at. You didn't give them the code. You didn't like, there's all these kind of issues that could happen with gold that Bitcoin is a little easier to hedge against that. Is that correct? No. Dang it. Okay. So Bitcoin, why a lot of people like Bitcoin is because it's obviously like, look, money is numbers. If you have cash and like a, like a, if you have cash here on a table, that's mm-hmm. money. But otherwise, when we pay for stuff on a credit card or this, it's just numbers going from one account to another account to another account to another, right? Right. It's almost like it's, it's, it's bullshit. It's almost like where's the money? Like when you go deposit a million dollars in a bank, do Where you know they immediately put it on their balance sheet and say what? It's a what? Uh, an asset? What? A liability? If I'm a, why is a liability? You gave me a million. I owe you a million. Right. So okay. what do they do with the million? Uh, invest it. Yeah, so the bank can leverage it nine times, right? Right. And go lend. So they, you give them a million, they can go lend nine or ten million. Right. That's why hedge funds, people didn't know, hedge funds were able to lend, I think at one point, I don't think they still can, they put money in, they can go leverage out or lend out or whatever up to 30 times or something. And that's why a lot of small banks require you to have a deposit relationship with them because they have to be able to continue to lend money. And banks and, they, and yes. loans, they can't sell them, they run out of money. Right. So this is how it works. So when you give money to a bank... It's a number. They say, cool, you, it's a liability. It's a liability. People right. go, what do you mean? I'm like, they owe if, you if everybody wanted all their cash out of the bank, 
well, we're going to have a problem because that's not, you can't even get it out right now. Right. So that's why when 2008 came and the financial crisis came, remember, WAMU had a run on the bank and they like, we don't have the money. So if you have a count, they, the FDIC insures 250000 That's the federal, basically, government. So if you had a million dollars and your bank went under, you could you'd lose. only get two fifty out of the million. Yeah. We have a client right now that's moving money from one bank to another. You know who it is, doing a bunch of loans. And he basically is like, um, I want to make sure I'm protected. We have a lot of people who are doing that. Yeah. Clients. So we're, you know, you got to put money here. Then you got to put it in like, I guess you're protected if you have it in like a management account up to like 15, whatever. So what I'm saying is, is like gold is there, you know. So Bitcoin, what they like about it is because it's, it's, um, uh, what am I saying? It's the word. It's, it's, it's like just, it's easy to move money around. Right. From country. Like when we have to take money, you got to wire from here to Paris or something. It's got to go through this intermediate bank and then here and there's this fee and it's three days. You know, we've, we've paid off things from Canada. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not just like click, it's done. It's this, it goes from this bank to this bank to that bank. It's got to take, it takes days. Bitcoin is like, oh, you want me to pay you? Click, click, done. It's five seconds. But there's a there's an element of it's people, a new currency, right? But people don't really know how to get it or use it. And or, I'm not a pro at it either. But we will have a pro on there. Tell us how to do it. But Bitcoin is insurance. So what they're saying is, is this is how it is. Gold is a seven trillion dollar market or whatever, right? That's what they mm-hmm. say. Bitcoin is two hundred billion. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yep. So here's what I learned: if somebody comes in and they invest a Somebody, some hedge fund comes in and buys a billion dollars worth of gold. Yeah. Is that going to make a difference, gold price? A little bit, right? Cool. Yeah. Seven trillion dollars, you invest a billion. It doesn't really. Yeah. It kind of like a little ripple in the water. Right. Somebody comes in, invest a billion dollars into two hundred billion dollars. Does that make a difference? It's going to skyrocket. Yeah. So they say, oh, Bitcoin's a scam. It's this. It's a. It's a. Well, maybe it is. Some people say maybe it is. But it's an insurance policy. So if the dollar collapses or the world comes to an end, right, everybody thinks, right? Mm-hmm. They think that gold and Bitcoin are going to go up. But they think Bitcoin is going to run the most because everybody's going to be like, I have gold, but I'm also going to go to Bitcoin. So what happens, if, what happens if $20 billion goes into Bitcoin and you bought it now? Which is what they're predicting, right? Yes. Is that a lot of these wealthy individuals are going to go invest in Bitcoin because they're basically, it's like their insurance plan. So they're going to have it's, some of their money in gold, some of their money in Bitcoin. But the prob- the thing is, is that there there's going to be a lot of money that goes into Bitcoin, which is going to cause the stock Cryptocurrency to- right. or whatever. So what's happening right now is more than ever, there's more hedge funds accepting it. You can actually now put your 401k, your IRA. There's you think Fidelity, they were saying. Well, exactly, can, yep. yep. I, had, I sent Crystal the pomp with Jim Cramer. And Jim uh-huh. Cramer, as you know, Mad Money, if you have never heard of him, you live literally under a rock. And he's a crazy guy, Mad Money. He has gold. Pomp explained to him why you should have Bitcoin. He says, after this, okay, I'm going to go buy Bitcoin. He's like, I'll start small. He's calling Fidelity where exactly. he keeps all his money in there. So the anyway. whole point of this podcast yeah. is a hedge against inflation. We talk about real estate. So let's talk about real estate. What did Jim Cramer say? I'm going to, I'm going to, I have, well, I used to own art. My ex-wife has it all. I have gold, right? I have gold. I'm going to buy Bitcoin. And then what did he buy else? Real estate. He bought a mansion though. He bought a, he bought a house on the beach. Yep. Prime location, location, yep. location. Mm-hmm. So if you watch a lot of wealthy people right now, you're like, why are these idiots all buying these big houses and stuff last year or the year before? I it's don't know. a hedge against inflation. I, I'm just telling you, like, like we were saying on another podcast, 
it's like a celebrity does something and then it's like the article comes out five months later. Right. Okay. The wealthiest people in the world, they can afford one thing, the best information out there. Mm-hmm. Like one guy came out, the wealthiest people in the world in January last year, November, December, and January, they already knew about the COVID virus. Some of them already literally positioned their portfolios. They've already moving their, they're already getting ready for the pandemic. They knew their country's going to, they already knew all this stuff. Literally now they're coming out. Some of them made trades in the beginning of the year and made crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. I walked in here on January 4th and said, this guy came on at, um, at uh, Davos in Switzerland where all the billionaires meet and said, the worst thing is going to be is uh, COVID and it's going to ruin everything. It's going to be the worst thing ever. And, and Mitch is like, this guy's an idiot. What are you listening to? I just said, I'm just letting you know this guy said this. He's smart. January 4th, this guy was, he's like, I don't want to talk about anything. What do you, who cares about the economy? This is going to be the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk about anything else? Nope. You don't, nope. Don't, this is, this is going to trump everything. What did, did COVID trump every single thing? We don't even talk about an election. So my point is, is when you see wealthy people do things, this is the people that I follow. This is what it is. So the hedge against inflation is real estate. So we buy real estate. Mm-hmm. So I think rates are at all-time lows. Prices are definitely high. But if inflation does kick in and it does you know, go, gold, Bitcoin, real estate, art. I'm not an art person, never will be. So I'm not going to go in there. Um, there is ETFs now that invest in art. Um, gold, pretty simple to buy gold. Make sure you buy it the right way. Don't call me. Call Peter Schiff or somebody else. You can figure out Bitcoin. Don't call me. It's something to look at. But real estate is something that we believe in. So they even say it's a good time to buy a house. Even though, oh, it's expensive. Yeah, but do you ever see, you know, look, look at look at the 30-year fix. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to lock a guy into that in a $500,000 house, VA, 100% financing, 2.25%. That's pretty amazing. No buy down. Pretty amazing. 2.25%. When rates are that low, it's not good for your money sitting in a bank. So that's what people were saying is if you have money sitting in a bank, you're better off putting into one of these things because if things go up, they will. So the thing about real estate also I like is I'm going to jump into that and I'm going to end with this is that if you're looking at buying a single family residence or an investment property from 26 to 26 year old to 32 year old is the millennial group. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest buyer right now. There's 31 million of them. From 26 to 32, that's when they make a move. I literally talked to somebody yesterday that was 26 years old. I was telling the story. And I said, why are you going to move? I'm sick of my place. I'm going to get engaged. We need to start a family. This, pe- this group right here is going to buy. Mm-hmm. This is 31 million people that could buy. It's a lot of people. Then guess what? There's not even enough housing for it. We didn't even build. So I think real estate, you have to think about. So, Well, we're at an interesting time now. Even in San Diego, I can't remember the last time that I saw people paying over a list for properties. And it's happening right now. So people go, is that stupid? And I said, if you got a rate of 2.5, conventional, you pay overpaid. How long are you going to stay in the house? 10 years. In 10 years, is the house going to be worth more or less? Here, it's going to be worth more. In other markets right now where... You can't say in Arizona that it's going to be worth Las more. In Las Vegas. I'm not saying Vegas, Kansas, gonna, I'm not saying Vegas is going to crash, but there's 34% unemployment in Las Vegas right now. 
29% unemployment in Orlando. Yikesies. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think conventions, concerts, the casinos are coming back next year? Nope. Probably not. I, I would guess maybe 2022. It's too late. Two years. Whole industry gone. So that this, this is just about hedging inflation. If you don't know about it, once again, there's a lot of podcasts. You should really educate yourself for your family too. What are ones that you would recommend? The Pomp is really good. Pomp podcast, P-O-M-P. You could probably put something on the link. Uh, Pomp, um, I love him for Bitcoin. Shout out to Pomp. You should come on in Pomp. You should come on our podcast. Um, <laughs> what you need to, because you explain Bitcoin. Peter Shift, if you really want a gold guy and just learn gold, you know he's the gold guy. Um, if you want to learn too about hedge inflation, somebody that's like turned their head and starting to do different things. And Peter Shift is S C H I F T. She'll put it on there. Yeah, she'll put it on there. Um, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, love him or hate him, he's gotten the Bitcoin stuff. He's really good about hedging. You know, he knows what's up. Ken McRoy is really good about the real estate, what's going on. Um, and then art, I don't know anything about art, but I know that um, I listen to a couple other many managers podcasts. Um, I'll have to give the list to Monty. Some other ones I listen to that are some of the brightest. I know I've been sending stuff to Nick. Some of the most smartest. I told you the other guy, smartest individuals I've ever heard explain. It, I know it, you might have to listen to it seventeen times, but when somebody explains the money manager of like they know how to read a cycle and what's going on. Like they literally are like, it's like a dictating. They know exactly what's going to go on. Basically by this movement, that movement, this movement, like it's, they take income, they take housing. They, it's all data. They just, they know the move of the market by data. <laughs> so I think we can give a list of podcasts, but you really should educate on what you're doing. You should not just rely on a financial advisor to do this for you. Right. Cause the, yeah, there's a stock market you should be diversified. There's real estate. There's this, um, I mean, some people are all in real estate and I get it. They're going to win a grant card all in real estate, hundred percent in like mm -hmm. other, he's going to be just fine. Why? Because if grant bought all these buildings that are brand new done, you're like, you overpaid in 10 years, you will not be able to build that building for now. He will win. Grant is going to double the value of his portfolio because he's buying the best stuff, the best location, brand new, best corners, best this, you know, that's why when we say real estate, the better the real estate you buy, the better it is in long term. Mm -hmm. We've learned that. The other thing is that you see these rich people buying these big houses. Like who buys this? Because people are just getting richer and richer. There's, those people at that level right now, they're not suffering right they're now. They're making money. Making money? They're making lots of money. Lots. Jeff Bezos just, what, five years, bought $500 million of houses. Mm -hmm. He might have a billion dollars of homes. It's nothing. It's a speck of sand on the beach. So I think you. Th that's what the importance of this, like, Crystal knows I've been really, I, you know, I sit down and I talk to her about it and I, you know, this is the stuff you guys should really know. Obviously we always knew hedge against everything was real estate. There's nothing better. You buy a piece of real estate, you lock in a good rate, even if it's four unit multifamily, you get rent, you pay down principal possibly, and then you collect cash flow. And then at the end of the day, you build equity. Yes. It's a huge, it's, it's, I think it's the best one out of them all. I agree. So we will put all, I'll, I will get a list of Monty, a podcast I recommend to listen and educate yourself. If you're interested in, I would say go spend 30, 40 hours between now and into the year for sure. And educate yourself because I think that if we did stuff that's going to come, depending on how this country deals with it. The stuff that could come, you want to be educated. So when stuff, when you hear this, you know what move to make, or you start making moves now. 
and go, damn it, I should have done something. Damn, I should have sold some stock, put in gold. Damn, I should have bought real estate when rates were this low. You know, damn, I should have refined myself, took cash out, and buy some more real estate. You know, and maybe you're going to look at buying something else. Maybe you're a, you know, Sam Zell that sold all of his retail and owns 24,000 units, has $5 billion on the sideline. He's like, I hate retail. It's stupid. Sold it. Went in multifamily. So you go, you hate retail now? He goes, I don't hate retail at 60%, 70% off. There's a right time for everything. Yeah. yeah. He says, but I probably won't. He might not stay in it. He'll buy it, get it up, trade back out. So, I, you know, we, even us, it's like there's opportunities. They might be short-term to go, but eventually we know our long-term opportunity is we like multifamily. Look how it did in this. I mean, I talked to a client of mine. The guy manages 7,500 units um, in L.A. I've told you about them. They're, at, they're still at 94% collection. It's huge. 7,500 units. And they're not – these aren't in uh, Beverly Hills, by the way. Yeah. Well, I think overall we – You where really manages, yeah. you're definitely strapped. Let's just put it that way. 100%. Yep. So this is just like a conversation about hedging. And I think, you know, um, everybody should pay attention. You should, you know – Turn off Netflix, spend some time. You know, everybody's like, what do you do in the morning? What do you do? What do you do? Even the guy today, what do you, you get up early? What do you do? I work out. I educate myself every day. Something new. Crystal knows that. I'm educating. And I go, hey, Crystal, listen to this. I mean, I had Crystal listen to the pomp one on Jim Cramer. And she goes, oh, I know Jim. I said, listen to Jim. Jim was like, I'm an idiot. I don't know Bitcoin. So what I do, I come on, I talk to the guy that knows it all, pomp. Yep. And explains to him, end a conversation, you can go on there and listen to this. Jim knows about stocks, he knows about gold, knows about real estate. He's like, I don't have this Bitcoin down. He goes, okay, makes sense. I'm going to buy some. It's just cool to hear people like that that are humbled and just listen to conversations. It doesn't make sense. Are you, are you going to get rich off Bitcoin? No. Everybody says 10%, of, 10 to 25% of your net worth should be in gold or Bitcoin right now. Some people are just doing 10 or 15%. They don't want to do 25. I get it. And Pomp estimated that if Jim Cramer has 10% of his money in gold, and he even puts like one percent of that money or something in Bitcoin that it's gonna the Bitcoin's gonna surpass the gold. He's not gonna bet on it, but he says my 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 gut, my bet like I'm not gonna bet you literally, but my I'm gonna my my estimate, my vision is is that one percent of the bit if you take gold, you're ten percent, sell one percent, buy Bitcoin with it, that one percent will outperform gold. Right, and his a year or two. biggest reason for that from what, what I listened I just told to you. was what you just said is that all these wealthy people are going to go and buy Bitcoin. It's going to drive up the price. Yeah, like I said, if $20 billion goes into $200 billion sector, it's going to go kapoom. If $20 billion goes into gold, it goes up, but it's $7 trillion. Right. It's basically like take, so there's a, a, scarcity take a hammer like here and hit this table right. and it'll rattle. But take this table – and, hit, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit the floor. And you're like, I didn't feel anything. Right. There's a difference. This is an impact. That's really, you don't, I didn't, you didn't shake and move. So right. that's the difference. This is kind of insurance. Right. So if you have some money, Bitcoin's about $10,000. was like, that's crazy. That's 3000 What if it's at 100000 What if you lose it? Like Kramer says, okay, I lose it. But that's because he's. No, it's insurance. We pay insurance. You pay life insurance. You pay health insurance. You pay car insurance. You might even have business disruption insurance. I mean, we have all types of insurance. You know, insurance. Disability like, insurance. Yeah, if you add up yeah. all this shit, you're like, dude, I spend $10,000 a year on this shit. Mm -hmm. Never use it. People think like, 
you're not willing to give $10,000 a Bitcoin, let's sit there, whatever, and you buy one, it goes on. I mean, it's just right. it's, it's insurance. That's what I learned about it. I think it's some people don't look at it as an investment. They look at it as insurance. That's not that 10% isn't what's making their money. It's an insurance policy. Right. The 90% is what they're working on making money. Hopefully this helps. I don't know. There you have it. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.